What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Oh, wait, Gronkowski. Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Caught ball first down to the 50. Outside the numbers, 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish from BucksNation.com. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing quite well. Uh, we got some more Bucks news to talk about, so excited to get into it for sure. Oh, yeah. It is a, uh, a free agency frenzy, if you will. And listen, I know a lot of people like to coin that term. It rolls off of the tongue. If you can find another F word to put after free agency, it typically makes it a little more marketable, but that's what we'll refer to it as today, because since the last time we talked to you guys, the Bucks have still been busy. Now, not quite as busy as they were in the opening days of free agency period, but they have still been busy. We'll talk about the latest acquisition that they made and much, much more. So let's go ahead and kick things off with a big signing in the secondary, and I have a lot to say about this one. I think it'll end up being the most underrated signing of the offseason, but let's get into it. The Buccaneers signed former Giant safety Logan Ryan, and it's important to remember that Logan Ryan isn't just a former safety for the Giants. The guy played with the Patriots as well. He won two Super Bowls with Tom Brady, and uh, I'd say his most famous play of his career is Tom Brady's final pass attempt in New England, a playoff game against Tennessee. Logan Ryan was the man who took it in for the pick six, and the rest is history. He's reunited with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, and uh, a lot of people are upset they weren't able to get Tyron Matthew, but I think money talks, and and a lot of people who understand that, you know, while the Bucks have been doing some incredible things with the cap, they still don't have just this unlimited budget to go out there and get guys who want closer to $10 million a year like Tyron Matthew. So Logan Ryan, I'm very excited about this signing because I do not think you can undervalue the importance of a veteran safety in your backfield. And that's exactly what this guy's going to give you. Yeah, and, and you know, for the people that don't know, he wasn't always a safety. Um, he, he was a guy who played corner, mostly with the Patriots. Uh, then he he left the Patriots to sign a big deal with the Titans, then uh, signed with the Giants. And actually, when Tom Brady originally came to Tampa, Logan Ryan was one of the players that kind of wanted to, to come with Tom Brady. Uh, they just couldn't make the money work at the time. He ended up signing a bigger deal um, with the Giants. So... 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very, I think it's a good move. It's a familiar move. Somebody who's familiar with Brady is, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, but um, I think the versatility is important. And we know the Bucks like their safeties to be able to do different things, uh, not just be pigeonholed in, into doing one thing. So uh, I think that, that versatility is uh, key here. Uh, and also, I mean, he's not going to cost a lot. Uh, we talked about Tyre Matthew and stuff, and that would have been great, right? Tyre Matthew is a heck of a football player, um, but there there is a price, you know, and we don't know Tyre Matthew's exact price, but I'm guessing it's going to be around nine, ten, eleven million dollars a year, and I just don't think the Bucks are good. we're going to be able to to pay that, right? You can be able to restructure and stuff all you want, but there are certain things you just, you still can't do. Um, I'm not sure the Bucks are going to be able to do that. We'll see if Matthew's number comes in a little bit lower than that. And if it did, maybe they just preferred to go with a cheaper option there. Who knows? But um, yeah, Logan Ryan, it is. And like I said, the, the versatility there and being able to play in the slot as well, um, not just be at safety exclusively, that that's going to help the team a lot whenever they want to, you know, if Sean Murphy Bunting is struggling or Jamel Dean is struggling, that they can, they can interchange those parts, not only in the safety room, but also with the cornerbacks as well. So that's, that's where I think the, the signing has a lot of value. And for the people who aren't all too familiar with what his role in this defense would be, is there like an active player comparison or maybe a guy that we've seen on this defense in the past that you could, you know, I guess, pull some similarities to a guy like Logan Ryan and uh, what he brings to the game. Yeah, I think he's he's an older version of Mike Edwards. I, I think he's a guy who can play the slot if you need him to play the slot, but he's also a, a safety. I don't know if I would consider Logan Ryan a ball hawking safety um, like Mike Edwards, but um, you know he, he can play safety and he's able to go down in the slot and be productive there. So I think in terms of the versatility, that's probably the player I would compare him to the most is, is like an older version of Mike Edwards. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. So with the acquisition of Logan Ryan into this defense, obviously it cleans some things up at the safety position, but the Buccaneers are still dealing with 10-plus uh, free agents on the books. It's clear that they're going to let a lot of these guys walk. I, I think there's a lot of guys on this list who maybe had a similar experience as Jordan Whitehead because as the days went by, we come to find out that the Buccaneers didn't offer a safety or uh, didn't even make an offer to the former safety who is now up there with the Jets. He probably took that as, uh, you know, a little bit of disrespect, but Jordan Whitehead's also been pretty vocal about, I guess, people he think doesn't like him on social media before. So I wouldn't say that's anything too out of the norm. And for him, he's just finding motivation. Sure, sure. Uh, but let's talk about some other guys that we don't entirely have some answers on yet. And the one that I wanted to transition to, I, I think is probably the biggest name left on the list as far as free agents go. It's running back Leonard Fournette. Now, we were kind of curious what was going on. We, we figured that Leonard Fournette was was looking for his opportunity to get a little bit more cash, right? I, I mean, he's he's in his late 20s. This is the age, especially at running back, where you want to cash out. You want to get your contract. Not only do you want to secure things for your family and everything else that we have heard before regarding these multi-million dollar deals, 
but I think it's just security, right? And I think Leonard feels like he has played well enough to be paid like a running back. Well, we got a statement from him, and that's exactly what he said. Uh, he posted a tweet that said, I know what I want, but it's going to take time. But I also believe that these last two years I have played like a top five running back. So I'm just trusting God and enjoying this time grinding and with my family. You know, my biggest takeaway from that is that he, he he's probably not too keen on a team-friendly deal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I know Tom Brady is back in town. I know that their shot to get another Super Bowl is as real as it ever has been. But you still have to kind of think about the money aspect side of things. And if Leonard Fournette feels like he's played like a top five running back in football, I don't know a lot of people who aren't going to tell him different until he actually sees what his market value is. And ESPN has his market value more so like a veteran running back who has really turned around these last few seasons, but still not making top running back money. And I know there's a lot of people who also probably feel that way, but what are your thoughts? Like, do you think Lenny ultimately ends up back in Tampa on a team friendly deal? Or is, is this something that we're going to be talking about, you know, still once the draft rolls around in like April, because it, it took a few guys a really long time to resign last year too. So speaking of last year, um, free agency opened, I believe, on March 15th last year. Leonard Fournette re-signed with the Bucks on March 26th, and we're recording this on March 20th. So in theory, you know, it, it could take a little bit more time uh, because Leonard Fournette's a guy who was going to see what his market was. Now, I could tell you right now, he says that the last two years, well, you had a stretch of four games where you played like a top five running back in 2020. You weren't a top five running back the entire year in 2020. Uh, December um, 2020, he was almost cut from the team. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, you, you just weren't. Um, you, I, you weren't even a top 20 running back in, in 2020. Um, so 2021? Probably, yeah. I, I could. I think you can make the argument. Definitely top ten. I think you can make the argument for top five. And should he get a raise? Yes, and he probably will get a slight raise. I believe he made three point two five million last year. Um, he signed obviously two straight one year deals, uh, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I do think he'll be back just because we haven't heard a peep about really anybody else interested there was the, the falcons thing if they had gotten to sean watson now that's cooled down i haven't heard a single other team that has been interested in leonard fournette um and now and then he tweets that that signals to me that he's not getting the money he, he wishes uh cordero patterson just re-signed with the falcons a, a two-year deal just over five million a year I think that's where you could see Fournette, maybe like a one-year deal for about $5 million. It's a slight raise because he played well, but it's not what he's looking for. But like, clearly you're not getting those offers. So if you say, oh, well, he's not going to return to the books unless they offer him this, what if nobody else is? If nobody else is offering you that, are you not going to play football? Or are you going to go back to a system that you're familiar with with Tom Brady and in Tampa and, and a, obviously a staff that clearly believes in you because they, they gave you every opportunity last season. Um, you know, are you going to just, you know, over what a million dollars, let's say another team is offering you a six and the bucks are offering you a five, right? Are you going to take the other offer? Be it's a million dollars more. I just, I don't know. So I, I do think Fournette is back. I just think it may take another week or so, just like it did last year. It, it wouldn't be a uh, it wouldn't be an episode of the Can of Fire podcast if we didn't spend an extended amount of time talking about Tom Brady 
But before we go any further, I just wanted to kind of reiterate, I guess, the influence on, on Tom Brady throughout this free agency season. Really quickly, let's talk about what that could mean for a Leonard Fournette comeback. I, I feel like if anybody's going to be able to tell Leonard Fournette, like, hey, man, why don't you take a little bit less money? I feel like it's going to be Tom Brady because of all the stories that we have heard so far, especially with newer players. I mean, Russell Gage, he thought it was a joke when Tom Brady called him on the phone and said, hey, we're building something special in Tampa. I want you to come be a part of it. I think that's the pitch message from Brady to most guys. But like with Leonard Fournette, do you think there is uh, any getting through to him from from a guy like TB12? And of course, we'll talk about more uh, him driving this free agency or so it seems here in a little bit. But, you know, closing statements on Leonard Fournette. Do you think Brady can will him back? I do. And I think he will. Um, I, I seriously think there was no chance that Fournette was going back if Brady wasn't the quarterback. Um, that is I, I just don't think there was, um, you know, you're looking at context clues. The, you're looking at social media with the Twitter thing. He had the Instagram post that was seemingly a goodbye. Tom Brady unretires. And then about 12 hours later, the post is taken down. That's not a signal that, oh, he's definitely coming back. But just I think it's a pretty strong Man. signal that he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be back if Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback. Right. I mean, if there's anything we can take away from it, at the very least, it's that now he's maybe thinking twice about moving on from Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think most guys are, you know, Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis. I'm sure it really opened everybody's eyes. Like, oh well, you know, if we were kind of saying, oh, well, Tampa might be out of running, Tampa's now back you know, firmly back in the running. So um, I don't think it's just Leonard Fournette, but I think he's one of the bigger examples because he was a guy who I do think was going to part ways with the team. Him and Rob Gronkowski, I think, were the two that were, like, really quarterback dependent. Like, who's the quarterback? And that matters. Um, unless the Bucks were acquiring a Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, I had a hard time believing Leonard Fournette was going to return. Um, and now that Brady has returned, uh, I, I think it is likely that Fournette returns. Uh, I, it, it'll be on. I'm sure it'll be on another one-year deal because he's going to want to hit the market again. And hey, if he gets eventually, somebody's going to give him it, right? If he has another season, th this next you know 2022, like he did in 2021. He probably he might get maybe not top five. Top five running back money is a lot. Maybe like top 10, though, he might get $8 million, $9 million a year on a three- or four-year deal that he's been looking for. Maybe if he has another year like that. So that's why I do think it will be a one-year deal. Like I said, I just think it's going to be something Bucks fans are going to have to wait a few more days on. Let's talk about the quarterback that we had mentioned, Tom Brady, and a little bit more about him driving this free agency season because, listen, Folks have made the joke before that, like, Tom Brady is GM of the year in Tampa Bay. He's the one that's handling all of this free agency. But this year, it seems more apparent than ever. I mean, you're calling up your old New England buddy, Shaq Mason, Logan Ryan. Clearly, he had an influence in getting these guys here for as cheap as they did come here, especially Shaq Mason. But, like, what Well, well really Sha Shaq Mason had no influence. That's just Brady saying, go get that guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for a <laughs> fifth-round pick, though, I refuse to believe that that's not somebody in the New England organization just doing him a favor so they can see him right off into the sunset. But, I mean, what do you make of all of this? You even put out the tweet yourself that, you know, it is pretty clear and it is apparent that Tom Brady has a huge say-so in free agency, what guys they're bringing to Tampa Bay, and uh, you don't really seem to have much of a problem with it. I, I mean, he's been doing a great job so far. <laughs> yeah, it seems, seems to be doing a fine job. Um, 
Yeah, the reason I said that was because yeah, the, the three outside additions, right? You're looking at the, the three. Well, one, Ryan Jensen, you know, returning almost immediately, right, the, the center. Um, but you're also looking at the other three outside additions. Two of them have a connection with Brady, with Ro- Logan Ryan. You know, we don't know the exact terms. It's it's a one year deal, but we don't know the exact terms of the contract. I believe it won't. It, it's not expected to be for much because Logan Ryan has some guaranteed money from the Giants still coming in. So I don't think it's not expected that he's going to be signing a huge deal with the Bucks. That's a break for them. Um, and obviously Shaq Mason. But like I said, Shaq Mason, that's more of Tom Brady telling the Bucks, hey, go get this guy. Um, and then the other one who doesn't really have a Brady connection, Brady personally called him to try and recruit him to Tampa. You know, and, and that, that would be Russell, uh, Russell Gage. So that's just a signal to me that, like, he clearly has, like, a heavy influence. And I'm not saying he clearly has had heavy influence this entire time. Rob Gronkowski, uh, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. Bruce Arians called Antonio Brown a, a diva early on in the offseason and, and even said it wasn't going to happen. Then seven months later, it did. That's because of Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, it's not just like this is something brand new. Brady has always scored to have this voice. Um, and when I tweeted that, for one, it blew up. It is like over a thousand likes. I don't know why. But also, it's, it's about it's about damn time, folks. Uh, go well, ahead and follow. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and follow our boy right here on Twitter <laughs> at Evan NFL. And then uh, is it at Bucks Football still? Yeah, it's Bucks Football underscore. That's where you'll get most of my Bucks opinions. Um, yeah, so, Evan NFL, he's been crying about the Flyers all week. I guess they lost uh, a good player or something. I don't know, man. The captain, okay. Um, and then for people liked my tweet for one, but then they also took the tweet as like a shot at Bruce Arians, and that's not my intention at all. And we're back to this thing about how people think Bruce Arians just absolutely sucks and sits and does nothing. Oh, because, Tony Baloney. Well, well, it wasn't Tony though. The it, Tony, it wasn't Tony, Tony Baloney, Tony, but it sounds Tony like he got is, a... Tony is innocent of, of this offense right here. It's just <laughs> a lot of people saying, "Yeah, it should stay that way." And if you know Bruce Arians should mind his own business, just like he did in twenty twenty. If, like, Bru- if Bruce Arians gets in his way, he's demanding a trade to yeah, San Francisco I'm, by I'm week like, four. I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, like, not my intention. Like, the narrative that what we talked about a nauseum here, so I'm not going to touch on it much again. Just that tweet, it was a lot of people were liking it, but then a lot of people like took that as me taking a shot at Bruce Arians and were like agreeing with me. Yeah, Arians gotta get like that's not what I was saying. So stop. Tom Brady hates Bruce Arians so much that he could have just stayed unretired, but then he decided to come back and play. Yeah, that's how yeah. surely you guys remember all those reports. I mean, nobody makes things up on the internet, especially if they have sources, no. right? So all of those stories about Tom Brady being ticked off about the, the win or lose we drink kind of thing. Um, you know, I guess all of the things in Tampa that rubbed him the wrong way and maybe forced him into an early retirement. Clearly that is all coming into play here with him just dictating free agency. I mean, they, they basically said, hey, Tom, we're really sorry. We'll let you come back and run the show if you play one more year for us. We are that desperate. Um, man, I, I will tell you, I don't think there's a whole lot that can ruin another year of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And listen, maybe we can touch on this because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I'll ask you this important question here in a second. But with one more year of Tom Brady, unfortunately, means one more year of Buccaneer smear campaigns from a lot of these uh, these national media pundits. 
I mean, we got to put up with a whole season of Florio just finding excuses to talk about the Bucks and, and shit on the organization. And I am not looking forward to that. I mean, I, as much as I look forward to the GOAT back under center, everything else that comes alongside it from the people who have not watched Buccaneers football, that's that's probably just got to be the worst part of it, I think. If I had to pick something to complain about, that would probably be, uh, probably be what it is. Well, um, a lot of Patriots fans say that. Like, a lot of them say, like, I guess put the Patriots a little bit different because, like, they were a dynasty. But, like, you know, everybody – what was the most hated team? The Patriots. You know, everybody hated the Patriots, and everybody wanted to rain on the Patriots parade and all that. And and now they don't do it as much, but some people still don't like Bill Belichick, so they <laughs> still do it a, a little bit. You know who made it clear this week that they still don't like Patriots fans? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization, because I don't know if you heard the update about season ticket renewals, but if you are a newer fan looking to get season tickets, as in you haven't owned them since before last year, the Bucks are actually making you pay for two full seasons up front. That way, if Tom Brady inevitably retires after his 23rd NFL season, you're going to have to commit to watching a uh, not-that-great Bucks squad after he is gone. Well, but I, I almost yeah, feel like that's not, a way... I almost feel like that's a way to limit the amount of out-of-town transfers and the amount of people who are just selling their season tickets to other teams because they also put a mandate in course to where you have to have a Florida state issued state ID to get tickets inside the lower bowl of the stadium. Like that, that's kind of a big deal when we talk about not only filling up the stadium, but the return of a lot of bandwagons here. Yeah. So just for a little bit of clarification, they don't make you pay for it up front. It's just you need a two-year commitment. So you're okay, paying for enough. this year, but then you're also – you are locked in for 2023. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a way to, like you said, to try and limit that. And then um, I believe the the new t- the ticket bowl thing is only for new season ticket holders um, because, like you said, you know, you don't want new – oh, Massachusetts, you know, buying buy a you – know, buy you know, the 50 yard line, right? Especially now row. because there's a wait list as long as it is, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think and, if you call the Bucks org right now and, and try and get some season tickets, they're going to put you on a wait list and you'll probably stay there the rest of the season because I, I can't imagine a whole yeah. lot of people are looking to get rid of their season tickets. Yeah, you'll, this time probably, of year. you'll probably be able to do it in 2023 or 2024. That's yeah. how long yeah. you'd be waiting, probably. So, yeah, I mean, just a way to limit it. I, I get it. Um, yeah, but like I said, just. You know, it, it's clear that, that Brady has had a, a strong influence on the organization, always in the past. But it's clear, like, this time when they're looking for outside pieces, they haven't, in the Tom Brady era, this is the most free agents that they've signed in the Tom This is the most active they've been. Yeah. Tom Brady, when they signed Tom Brady in 2020, they're all over Joe Haig. Okay, and then and then like that's the free agent signings, and they trade for Gronkowski, and I'm talking about during the free agency period. So like, they signed Leonard Fournette, but it was in August, so that doesn't count. Like that's just that's not in the free agency period. And then obviously they signed Antonio Brown as midseason last year. They only really signed Giovanni Bernard, and even that was like April, May. Like it was later. Now like they're finally active and you're starting to see that Brady does have a much more influence on the roster. So um it's good to see. And like I said, I'm perfectly fine with it because he certainly earned it. So he's had he's had a lot of hit he's had some misses, but he's had a lot more hits than he's had misses. I think what's really exciting about this free agency period in particular, a lot of the newer players that are coming in, the way that I would look at it, I, I would categorize this Bucks team with Brady under center into two different versions, right? Like right now we are watching the process of 
the TB12 Buccaneers V2, right? Because the V1 team was the 2020 Super Bowl team. And when you re-sign all of your starters for the next season, I guess that's still technically the V1 team because there weren't a whole lot of... It's season two of version one. Right. right? And, And now that, you know, we'll talk about some more guys potentially moving on here in a couple of minutes, but... You're going to be faced with a lot of guys either retiring, moving on, going to another team. We've already seen it happen. The Bucks have lost pieces. Did they go out and they replaced them? Absolutely they did, and they knocked it out of the park. But I'm curious to see how the rest of this offseason unfolds. And with free agency, with guys leaving, guys coming in, there's going to be plenty to talk about with this new and improved Buccaneers team over the next couple of months. But wanted to get your thoughts on some more potential departures for this team. And and they're all along the defensive line, at least for the topic of this conversation. We mentioned it a little bit on the last episode, but I seem like we have a little bit more context now as to what these guys think they're worth. And we'll kick things off with Jason Pierre-Paul, because it seems like that is the biggest, I wouldn't say issue, because it's not really an issue, but it's it's more so a, a, a a glaring spot on the roster that we know is probably going to be gone here pretty soon. JPP has made it clear that he wants to keep playing football, and he's also made it clear that it's probably not going to happen in Tampa next season. Um, has he? I, I haven't. I haven't really. I mean, got I guess that, not. That but he's made it clear that he's going to continue playing football, yeah. whether it's in Tampa or not. And when you hear about the Buccaneers, you know, not sending out an offer to Jordan Whitehead, I'm not saying that they're doing the thing, the same thing to JPP. But I also have enough faith that they're not going to overpay for JPP, and it sounds like that's kind of what he wants someone to do. Yeah, I, I do think um, Jason Pierre-Paul may just be slightly out of their price range. I, I think, and they they saw a guy whose body was was breaking down, and you know it's unfortunate because I think he's a great leader and he's a warrior, but he's had a lot of injuries over the years. Like he he's banged up. You know, um, and he's just getting older. His production's gone down, and um, you know there could be cheaper options out there. So the the Cowboys were one of the teams mentioned with interest uh, in, in Jason Pierre-Paul. So we'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Bucks are going to add another pass rusher to replace him because obviously the plan was always you had Jason Pierre-Paul, you drafted Joe Tronchowinka. Joe Tronchowinka would just step in at Jason Pierre-Paul's role. I get that. But you, you never you never want to screw yourself, right? You, you never want to go into a season and, oh, if this happens, kind of screwed. What if Joe Tronchowinka gets off to a slower start? What if, you know, when he's playing, instead of playing – 20% or 30% of the snaps when he's playing 70, 80% of the snaps. What if he's just not that productive yet? What if it, it takes time? I mean, then you're, you're sort of in a rut there because yeah, Anthony Nelson's there, but like Jack Barrett needs a break too. Like we've always talked about that. I've talked about having you know a rotation of guys. Like you, you can't wear these guys down. It doesn't sound like the Bucks are going to be adding a pass rusher in the draft. If anything, it would be an interior defensive lineman, but not necessarily. A, I don't think a pass rusher like a lot outside linebacker. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of free agents out there. Two names that I, I do like are Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram. Uh, another name I liked was Dante Fowler Jr., but he signed with the Cowboys as well. So Cowboys are trying to load up on pass rush. Um, but I, I think Melvin Ingram would be probably the favorite there. Um, I'm not reporting any interest there, um, but I, I, I do think that it could be a fit. Um, they've liked them for a little bit. I, I can tell you that. Um, but um, 
We'll have to wait and see. I think it all depends on price. If if they're not going to re-sign J.C. Pierre-Paul, what's Melvin Ingram's price? That, that's what it really depends on. Because Melvin Ingram, while he's a bit less banged up, I, I think, he's still an older pass rusher. He's over 30. And Justin Houston's even older than J.C. Pierre-Paul. So there's downside to both guys. But I do think if you're not bringing Pierre-Paul back, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring him back. I think you need some fresher faces. Like we just talked about sort of version two, right? You need some fresher faces. Um you know, how you replace them because I just don't think you can go into the season. Now, I'm not saying they won't, right? I just don't personally think you can with Shaq Barrett, Joe Tronchwinka, Anthony Nelson, and then like Cam Gill. Like, I like Cam Gill, but I don't really want to see Cam Gill playing, you know, against 40, 40, 50 yeah, percent of the game. I, I, I don't want to see Cam Gill rushing Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Like, I don't want to see that, right? The list of quarterbacks that the Bucks have to face this upcoming season is daunting, even with Tom Brady. Yeah, it changes things for the overall team, but it don't change the, the other quarterbacks that they're going to be playing. Yeah, it, it right? is still, I mean, even with TB12 under right. center, it is still probably the toughest schedule in the Roger, NFL. Rodgers, Burrow, Stafford. <laughs> Prescott, Jackson, Murray. I mean, it, it is. The list goes on and on. It's it, it's um, only funny to mention because, listen, if I can get a shot in at Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to make sure that I do it. But it's important to mention that it is now Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. And uh, the multiple yeah. first-round picks that the Packers got, I feel like the one that was for this year is probably going to get spent on a quarterback again. Um, but, I mean, you know, it does change things. And and I would say as far as the NFC goes, let's talk about the scale of, you know, the Bucks to the rest of the NFC. As of right now, with Devontae Adams being the latest superstar to go to the AFC, he ends up getting traded over to the Raiders. The Packers don't look as scary anymore. They, they, I mean, they, they still have Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? But who's their next best receiver? Randall Cobb? I, I mean, let's face the it. Ghost of, the ghost of Randall Cobb. There are two teams in the NFC this season. Tampa Bay is one of them, and unfortunately, the reigning defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams are the other one. So, yeah, but they just—I mean, yeah, they signed Allen Robinson, but they just lost Von Miller, lost so. Robert Woods. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I—I I do think they'll probably bring back Odell, but like Odell is not going to be ready until like Thanksgiving. Um, you know, he tore his ACL in early in, February in the Super like, Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's, like it's, he, yeah. he's not going to be ready for a while. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I do think the Rams – actually, I, I, I have a little bone to, to pick with you here. Oh, let's – all right, um, let's do it. Let's do it. So, on the Tom Brady return episode, right, and I get it, right, riled up and everything, you did say that the Bucs were, were the team to beat in the NFC. And while I think they're one uh, of the teams okay. to beat – I see where this is going. See, I'm always – I always like the mindset that just – you, you want to be the champion, right? But I'm, I always the mindset of being the hunter is much better than being the hunted. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, I'm looking at the Rams and I'm saying like they're the team to be and like screw those guys, you're gonna knock them off. Like that's that's the mindset I have. So I think the Rams are probably the team to beat, which to me is perfectly fine because that mindset of being the hunter rather than oh we have to defend this rather than we're going after this. Like you know, it, it's much better to me. It, yeah, and I mean, I guess. Ultimately, I wouldn't say that was the downfall of the 2021 season because the Bucs won 13 goddamn games. Like, you know, they won yeah. games, but that was something else that was important to remember was that entire season, every single team gave you their best effort because they knew you were the champion the year before. 
And while I do mm-hmm. agree that that's now a new challenge this Rams team is going to have to face, I still like to believe that the Bucks are the team in the NFC. Only because of the aspect that you had just mentioned. They are hunting again for something that yeah. they had and they no longer have. Right? And if anybody knows anything about going after a Super Bowl after not winning one the year prior, it is Tom Brady. Because every other year for the every last other, 10 yeah. goddamn seasons, the man has won a Super Bowl. Like, that's yeah. a wild stat to me that every single year since, what, 2010, he suffers a playoff loss, yeah. he comes back, he wins the Super Bowl the next season. Is that a guarantee for the Bucks? No, not by any means. You got to go out there and do it. But I do think that with the NFC being as wide open as it is, it is the Rams, it is the Bucks, And I think a lot of people still look at the Bucks as that team. You know, the Rams are great. They just signed Matt Stafford. They, they are... Tom Brady is 0-3 against L.A. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, just, that's also yeah. important to, to remember. In, 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 that, in, a, in a Bucks uniform. In, a, in a Bucks uniform. But something else that's important to remember, and I think about this all the time, because we used to say this when the Bucks were bad. Um, and we can still probably say it in a lot of situations today. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, I'll believe it when I see it. As far as the Buccaneers overcoming a team like the Rams. You know, Saints. It, it's for the Saints, man. <laughs> Tom Brady talked about unfinished business. The two teams on that list that immediately come to mind are the Rams knocking them out of the playoffs the way that they did, and the Saints, who have absolutely and, owned Tampa Bay in the regular season. And the, the the Bucks have three games, two against the Saints and one against the Rams as a co- upcoming season. So a chance for redemption there. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, yes, was I caught up in the excitement when I said the Bucks are <laughs> the team to beat? Sure, because I everybody. Get it, yeah. Everybody is going to be gunning for L.A. because that's the team that you want to beat. But I, I like I still think if it's not the Rams, it's it's the Bucks. And I, and I really I'm sure, think like, your one seed in the NFC is either going to be Tampa Bay or L.A. at the end of the year. Yeah, and I mean, the Packers will add like they'll add a receiver. Sure. Like, they're not they're not going to go into the season with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, you know, like sure, they, not, sure they will. What are you talking some, about? What have they ever done Aaron Rodgers any favors in the past? Come on now. Well, I mean, he didn't do them many favors. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, they're going to add a receiver, but like, is it enough? No, because any receiver they add is not going to be the same player as Devontae Adams. Like, he's just not. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, doesn't mean I, we think the Packers will be bad. If any Packers fans are just so happen to be listening to this, the Packers will still yeah, be very shout, good. Shout out our buddy Tom Grossi. I know he loves our show. That, that'd actually um, be a really cool collaboration. Just a little sidebar. If you guys are not familiar with the Pat cast, uh, he has done some work with the pewter cast in the past, but that pewter cast is no longer the same pewter cast. So, so maybe we can fill that role. We'll have to reach out to him. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know James, James has been wanting to do something. James was actually going to do something with him last year's draft. I think it just, it fell through. Yeah. Um, so maybe you'll be seeing him. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean like the Packers will still be good, but like, are they going to be on the level of the Rams and Bucks? Probably not. Like the Cowboys, talent wise, maybe, but like you can't trust them. So, how, so how can you say, you know? It's so funny um, every single year when I see people say, like, what about the Cowboys? What, what about the Cowboys? Uh, I, I, I haven't won a playoff game in like how long? I right, they, know how long uh, apparently, they've got Kirk Cousins at quarterback with Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, well, it just, it, 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 yeah, it was. Yeah, that I don't believe that was a real quote. I, I don't I think it was a real quote either. But that stuff is always so funny to hear about. I, I I hope it's real because it would be hysterical. <laughs> but like, I, I there's no way. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say that's the biggest flaw of that Cowboys team every year is exactly what you said. You cannot trust them. 
I don't know why. I mean, hell, Mike McCarthy, man, he hasn't done terrible, terrible. things. He hasn't he, done terrible, terrible things, he's but terrible. he is like not he's great. Bad. Yeah. He's bad. He's bad. He. I mean, he. You know, you can put like a lot of Rogers shortcomings on Rogers, but you also have to put some of it on McCarthy too. Like he. He's not good. Um, Dallas should have fired him. But yeah, I mean, looking at the landscape of the NFC, it, it is clear that I think it, it's a two-team race. Obviously. This offseason has been wild, so any team seemingly can enter at any point because there's been some crazy trades, crazy free and signing and stuff. You know, we'll see. But right now, it seems like the AFC is – I I would feel terrible being in that conference because yeah. you got to feel – like, if you're sitting there and you're like Miami, who's, like, not a bad team, but, like – you're nothing compared well, to like eight other teams in the AFC. Imagine being the Raiders, who just kind of mortgage yeah. their future multiple yeah. first round picks to go get arguably one of the best wide think, receivers in the NFL. Was, was there and, only? I thought it was only one first round pick. I thought. I I thought it was two, but I I could be wrong Maybe. here. Could Regardless, be. it was a lot of high value picks. You go out, you stick your neck out. The Raiders do that. They get Devontae Adams, reunite him with Derek Carr. It's the bromance 2.0, and they're still projected to be last in their division. I mean, the Broncos went out and got Russell effing Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson, that makes any team a winner. And they're still projected to finish third or dead last in that uh, division. Because you've got the Chargers, who not only have one of the best, brightest young quarterbacks in the NFL and Justin Herbert, I'm excited to watch that kid sling the ball this year. But they are absolutely stacked on defense now. I, I mean, you've yeah, got Khalil, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. Yeah, dude. They they went out Durham there. Derwin James, Joey Bosa. The list goes on and on. If you're going to compete in a division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, that's how yeah. you address your defensive needs. Hey, but, I mean, the Broncos have a really good defense, too. So, I think, you know, I still think the Chiefs will be one, but I think the Broncos could be two. Um, yeah. But, anyways, um, just wrapping up sort of the, 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 the show um obviously the bucks now we're not gonna get too in depth in this because we have a, over a month to talk about it but the bucks are now making like their draft much easier because you're not and i talked about it a lot you're not pigeonholing yourself into anything right like you don't need to draft a wide receiver you don't need to draft a corner um you know, could you consider that? Absolutely, you could. Uh, I'd be surprised. I still think they might pick a receiver at some point in the draft, but I'd be surprised if it was in the first round. If Chris Godwin was going to play on the franchise tag, I think they would have picked the receiver in the first round because I think that would have just been Godwin's replacement next year. Um, but yeah, now that he's he's you know back, I, I don't I don't think. I don't think they're they're gonna draft a receiver that high, but like you could still go interior offensive line. You could go interior defensive line, even though that class is very weak. So I don't know if I would, but it's it's about you know being able. We talked about it a lot, and, and the Bucks have too. Being able to pick the best player available, and the Bucks free agency is now really allowing them to do that. And they're not necessarily done. You know, Gronkowski is still out there. I think we all believe he's returning. Will Golston is still out there. I think we all believe he's returning. The Dominican Sue, he could return. Leonard Fournette, he could return. Jason Beer Paul could return. Like it's not like he's signed anywhere yet. Um, you know, until he does, you know, he could, maybe, who knows? Uh, I think they're ready to move on. I would move on, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, so We'll have to wait and see, but one thing's clear. The Bucks are trying to 
keep you know not put all their eggs in one basket of oh we need that guy to fall and if he doesn't we're screwed that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to keep their options open and i think that's the smart approach to every draft you possibly can you know when i'm playing madden franchise mode i know it's very different but what i want to do is i always want to my draft thing i have three guys that i want and i'm like okay i don't need really like any particular one but i'd like either one and i think that's what the bucks are setting themselves up setting themselves up for zion johnson the interior offensive lineman from boston college if he's there great it'd be a great fit you know being able to get a left guard there for you know to have aaron Stinney as a, as a backup is that's i think his best role as like that the guy that can just fill in right um but they're not like they don't have a Aaron Stinney can fill in a left guard if need be. They don't need Zion Johnson to be there. The only time I think, this just wrap up my point. The only time I think they've kind of pigeonholed themselves and they got kind of lucky, but also got aggressive was in 2020 when they needed a right tackle. Like they needed a right tackle. They had four there. They knew that they needed to get one of the four. They needed to get one of the they, four. They traded up to get them. And they, they trade up one spot, gave a fourth round pick to move up one spot to, to get him. So they got a little lucky that he was available, but then also were aggressive. So that's really the only time, but they've done a great job of, in the past of not forcing themselves to pick a certain position. Yeah, with well, a situation like Werfs, you know, hindsight is obviously always twenty twenty. but of the big four that went in that draft, I think it's safe to say yeah. that Tristan Werfs <laughs> is the guy. Right. Yeah. Like I remember they got, we they got, they got, that was also what they got lucky on because yeah. there was no in a redraft. There's no way that dude's available <laughs> at 13. Listen, one more guy I wanted to get your opinion on in the draft. And this is interesting because a lot of people are going to have plenty of takes on if they take this position in the first round. But best player available. You never know what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to be there at 27, but he is the only player we have heard about so far that the Buccaneers are directly interested in. There have been a couple of reports that couple of teams are really interested in this guy. The Buccaneers have consistently showed interest in Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller. What are your thoughts on him maybe at 27? And I know the idea of a rookie running back has, you know, it's a little eh. eh. I mean, if it's in the first round, if it's at 27, you worry that you're like reaching, I guess. But, you know, the one thing that comes to mind with me is can he pass block? Because that's going to be important for Tom Brady back there in the pocket. You're going to have to get a guy who can do that. And as far as veterans on the roster go, I mean, I guess Leonard Fournette can pass block. But it's not even a guarantee he's going to be back. Don't even think Gio Bernard's going to be back. Le'Veon Bell seems long gone. So what are your thoughts on Spiller? Do you think it is a realistic option for the Bucs? Or is he kind of one of those guys where he's just he, he's not even going to be there? Well, I think it will be there. I actually think it's more of a second-round guy. Um, I see. There, there, there's not a, a first-round. To me, there's not a first-round running back in this class. There's not a guy you look at and say, oh, when that you, guy needs to be picking first round. When you are picking 27, though, you know, the first-round yeah, discussion does become a little bit different. But, but I, to I, didn't me, mean, I didn't mean be, to cut you off. I was just curious. That would, that would be kind of reaching for need, though, right? Because right. I just don't see a world where Isaiah Spiller is the best running, the best player available when they're picking. So um, I personally, the, the Bucks, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but the Bucks have not been kind to me when it comes to running. They've been kind to me when it comes to wide receivers. They pick the <laughs> wide receivers that I like. They pick the running yeah. backs that I don't like. Oh, they pick the wide receivers yeah. that you like. And unfortunately, the last few guys that we've talked about you really liking out of the drafts. I know. We're talking about <laughs> some of them not even having a spot on the team this year. I know. The, the last two, I mean, I, I love, I thought Chris Godwin was a home run pick. Tyler Johnson, 
He's still good in my book. And then to J- Jalen Darden, he, we'll see. A little know, bit of there's, different there's circumstances, but do you think Tyler Johnson is at risk of getting the Noah Spence effect? Uh, I mean, I did listen. No, no nobody, team, but... nobody will reach Noah Spence heights for me. Like I, <laughs> that, that dude should be on this roster, but he should be in the um, Ring of Honor as far as they, they need. They need a third pass rusher. Why not just sign him? I don't understand. It, it's right there. Um, it, it is right there. But um, yeah, maybe I don't know. Tyler Johnson. Hopefully, hopefully he can carve out a spot in camp. Um, but and the running backs, they typically don't draft who I like. Um, Ronald Jones, I was not a big Ronald Jones fan. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I didn't hate Ronald Jones coming out, but I was like, eh. I think it was I, I think it was hard to because they got him in the second round. And, yeah. and I remember the the general consensus after dra- drafting Rojo is like, man, this is a guy that very well could have gone in the first round and and he kind of fell. I just, yeah, I just I was I was never a huge fan of him. Um and Keyshawn Vaughn, I felt it was a reach at the time. Come um, on, sneak! That's your boy, sneak, sneak. huh? That's that's sneak. our bell cow back for right now. That's a, that's uh, our guy. It's the as only as running back. <laughs> like they have two <laughs> running backs. One's Kenyon Barney, the other one's Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I and here's the thing. Initially, I'm not as high on Isaiah Spiller. So, of course, it'll make sense that the Bucs will draft Isaiah Spiller. But um, he's a willing pass blocker. He's a solid pass catcher. Um, I just think that there could be better. I think there could be better options in the second or third round. James Cook from Georgia is like my my big time guy th- this year. I think he could be available in the third round. Maybe move up a few spots for him in the third round. I would. Um, I think he can kind of do it all uh he's a really really good pass catcher though that that's his calling card but i think he can also run between the tackles he can pass pass block for you um kyron williams from notre dame is another name so we'll have to wait and see um but yeah isaiah spiller has obviously been linked to the bucks the falcons are the other team that apparently has had interest uh I, I wouldn't hate it especially because the bucks are picking you know, Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, the Bucs are sort of picking in the first half of the second and third round of that draft. Now the Bucs are picking in the later in the second round, so it's essentially a third-round pick. I wouldn't hate it as much. I'm just, depending on who's on the board, I'm not as big of a fan of Isaiah Spiller as I am some of the other guys like uh, James Cook or Connor Williams. Yeah, and as far as the running back position goes, over the next few weeks, we are going to have far more answers than questions by the time the draft rolls around, I think you'll have a pretty good idea of what that room's going to be looking like. And again, it just supports what we've been talking about for the last 10, 15 minutes is that the Buccaneers are able to look at their pick at 27, look at who's on the board, and not necessarily be pushed into a corner of drafting for a need. You can take the best player available, and uh, hopefully there should still be plenty of those at number 27. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us over on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content and much, much more. Also, shout out to all of our podcast listeners. We do truly appreciate you guys. You can download the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, pretty much any major podcast network. The Cannon Fire Podcast is available, keeping you updated on all the latest red and pewter news. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. 
You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's the show, folks. Free agency is in full swing. And while it seems like the majority of the blockbuster moves are done for Tampa Bay, I'm sure we'll have a few more to talk about before the NFL draft. We'll talk to you soon. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. Until the next one, and as always, Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.